back, everybody, to uh, Beauty and the Geest, the podcast where uh, we watch bad movies so that you don't have to. I am uh, one of your two co-hosts, Patrick the Geest, along with... I am the beauty, Scott. <laughs> and uh, this week, if you've been following along, we're about to finish off the subspecies quadrilogy. It's been an up and down ride. And uh, I think that has continued into part four. How do you feel about that? Yeah, it, it definitely has been a roller coaster ride, and it's starting off. Uh, it definitely has highs and lows, and I definitely feel like this ended uh, as part of the lows. I know you, we talked last week about them possibly doing a part five starting this year. So hopefully that gets it back up to the high again. But uh, it's definitely. Definitely ended on a low note uh, compared to part three. Yeah, I agree with you. And we'll, uh, I guess we'll break it all down scene by scene. Let's, let's dive right in. Oh, man. All right. Well, first of all, yeah, they started with a basic recap and narration of what has happened through the first three movies and then Try to give you an epileptic seizure with the opening credits, yes. at least in the version that I watched on on Tubi TV, where we've been watching everything on here. Free app, Tubi TV. Give us a sponsorship, Tubi. We're promoting you. <laughs> right. Everything we watch is on Tubi, man. <laughs> if you if you can afford to advertise on Fox for the NFL, you can afford to throw us a few dollars for some advertisement. Yeah, and we'll we'll sign a deal for cheap. <laughs> we'll be way cheaper than Fox. Yeah. I mean, if you want to give us the Fox money, I, I'm not going to complain. But yeah, if you want to sponsor us for uh, significantly less, granted, you will have a slightly lower listenership than Fox has viewers for the NFL. But, you know, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. And it's all relative. Like 100% of our discussion is to be related. <laughs> well, Fox's <laughs> discussion is probably. Close to zero percent to be related. <laughs> you, get, you get Joe Buck reading a fifteen-second ad advertising some random show that you guys just put on there. Yes, but I mean, granted, I mean, I can guarantee they put a lot of money into that show and promoting that show, whereas they haven't put anything towards promoting us. But we're still we're behind you, Tubi. We're here because we love it. We love it. Well, sometimes it's, sometimes it's work. <laughs> Like with this one, like with this one, as as usual, the latest installment of subspecies starts off probably minutes or hours after the last movie. Yeah, it, it had to be because, uh, yeah, you open your opening scene is a young. I would say attractive doctor coming upon a car crash. Yeah. <laughs> Which you spoiler find out. alert, <laughs> spoiler alert, subspecies fans. Almost everyone from the last movie died in a car crash that happened off scene, <laughs> off screen. Yes, yes. It turns out that Rebecca and Mel are dead. And yeah. they have they have totaled their car by running into something unseen, unknown. No idea. You they know don't what? explain it at all. You, you know, you know what I bet it was? And you're going to love this, except you're going to hate it, too. It was the goobers. The goobers Goober. attacked the car and flipped the car and killed Mel and Rebecca. I like that logic. They don't actually show it, but let's go with it. Because the well, goobers need more no, more representation on screen. Right, right. We love that, that it was 
the theoretical idea of the goobers we hate that we didn't get to see it. Yeah. Well, yeah, they were hiding in the engine or something, you know, cut up a cut up a belt or the brake lines and that that killed uh, Mel and Rebecca, which is funny because we commented last time like, oh, they got new actors playing Mel and Rebecca. It, yeah, to lay dead on the ground for about three seconds. And that, that's the end of their role in Subspecies 4. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait five years, hire new people. Eh, you know what? Big acting role. What do we? What do you need us to do? Play dead. Yeah, M- Michelle is back, and and oddly, yeah, like you said, Anna, Anna, who becomes one of the uh, main new characters now. Anna just stumbles upon this car accident, sees a body bag, <laughs> decides to go unzip the body bag, finds Michelle inside, who instantly starts freaking out because it's daylight. And it's painful for her. <laughs> Anna's trying to be uh, loving and caring. Like, hey, I'm a doctor. Don't worry. I can help you. But Michelle's freaking out. So they just zip her back up. She like, cell phone technology has been invented now. So that's that's a leap forward. That would have saved a lot of trouble in the previous movies. Well, I mean, you are jumping from 1993 to 1998. So, yes. I mean, it, it, it So she definitely... just like calls the police. Yeah, yeah. Nope. So with this happening minutes, apparently, after the previous movie ended, I mean, well, I guess Anna is a doctor, so she's probably pretty rich. I mean, she's probably pretty wealthy. But, you know, all these Americans that were traveling overseas, they didn't they couldn't afford cell. You know how much international calling was when cell phones first came out? Right. Yeah. Students can't afford it. You can barely you can barely go out of your own area code. You know, you hit you hit the edge of that area code and you hit roaming. Your minutes, your cost per minute doubled. And international was like ten times that. So I mean, that that thirty second phone call she made to the police would have probably cost about twenty five dollars. Yeah, they had to uh, they had to fight vampires on a budget. Although I guess the like the U.S. embassy guy Mel and like the chief of police also they didn't have phones either. <laughs> But that that happens in every horror movie, you know. They got to get rid of them somehow. Again, then that was that was something you know you got to kind of have your quality control, be aware of. Yep. But I even missed that part actually. For the guy that notices all of these things in movies, I missed that one. (laughs) Well, we'll see. We'll see if you notice things in this film. It it definitely it definitely was a struggle. There is something that I do need to bring up um, that I will bring up later on when we we, we actually start to cover more of the movie sure. because this opening scene, yeah, basically shows Anna finding Michelle, opening the body bag, trying to calm her down as she's squirming in pain, and eventually covering herself back up with a body bag. So then Anna zips it back up. <laughs> Somehow muscles Michelle, who's probably about the same size as her, into her car with no help. Yeah, they don't explain it, but uh, Anna Anna grabs Michelle in the body bag, gets her in the car, takes her to her kind of weird, weird hospital slash uh, converted monastery her, for medical he- attention. Her university lab, apparently, or some sort of stuff, because, yeah, she's got random doctor guy who looks like a half-drunk Alan Rickman. Rest yeah, in yeah. peace, Alan Rickman. 
Dr. Nic- Nicolescu, I think is how you say it, who who knows almost instantly that uh, Michelle is a vampire. <laughs> he, yes. He's almost torturing her. Like, he'll just, like, shine UV lights at her just to test his theory, I guess. <laughs> and Scientist. she'll start screaming in pain. And he's just like, yeah, she's a vampire. <laughs> scientific experiment. The scientific method. Yeah. <laughs> He knows he knows all about vampires. We found out why later, but he knows all about vampires, like the bloodstone. Uh, he tells Anna this is a vampire. He even has some blood, like in his cupboard. <laughs> yes, yeah, he's he's got a little mini fridge there that's just full of units of blood for Michelle to snack on. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. They wake Michelle up. You know, she's she's I guess clearly a, a vampire. Dr. Nicolescu gives her some blood to feast on. She does. Uh, he he knew she was a vampire. Anna did not know, but it takes it pretty well, I would also, say. Really, yeah, really didn't believe in vampires until she saw Michelle go after that blood. Yeah, and then is just kind of <laughs> cool with it. Like, I would have been a lot more phased. <laughs> yeah, that probably would have uh, freaked most people out a little bit more than Anna was freaked out there. And uh, yeah, the doctor's doctor basically says he wants to help her, help Michelle. He's got some, he does some tests, experiments. He can help vampires uh, not like become alive again, but uh, tolerate a lot of the downsides of vampirism. So that's his stated goal, at least at this point. He's trying to turn her into Blade. Yeah, basically. The Daywalker. <laughs> the Daywalker. Meanwhile, as uh, as everyone could have guessed, uh, Radu is back. <laughs> Radu, surprise, surprise. Early on, uh, end of last film, he, he got trapped in the sunlight, fell off the castle walls, and paled himself on some tree branches where he burst into flames and like looked like he was maybe going to be dead. No. He his falls skin, out of the tree. His skin fell off and turned into goobers. And yeah, con- conveniently... Radu lands right next to where the bloodstone was laying as well, as, as he has apparently regenerated partially from be spending hours impaled on trees in the sunlight. In the sun, yeah, right. And we've said it every movie, uh, the good guys gotta gotta clean up after these adventures. They they leave Radu. They assume dead every time and just run off. They have to. They have to make sure they finish the job because he's back. He falls down, grabs the bloodstone. Uh, seemingly no worse for the wear for being exposed to sunlight for a long time. And again, of course, he's, he's driven by one thing to uh, to make Michelle his uh, concubine, servant, whatever. And so he goes to. Uh, I think they're back in Bucharest. Goes to like what is, I guess, a local friendly or not so friendly vampire hotspot. He walks in. There's like kind of a bit of a vampire feeding orgy going on. Yeah, with his I, friends Ash and Serena. It, it was it was his former lair, where where he where he used to be. He, that used to be his his resting grounds. Because he even said he was came back to take back his resting grounds, and Ash, who was the male, and Serena. So Ash was 
bitten and turned into a vampire by Radu. Yeah, and, and then Serena, Serena was bitten by Ash. Yes. So and apparently they're 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 feeding, and this is I guess I can bring it up at at this point because it it happens in every. This is the fourth movie. It happened in every movie. Uh, apparently, male vampires can only feed if the women are topless. Yeah, vampires are uh, the kind of shitty powers, and they're all pervs, apparently. Yeah, I mean they're they're vampires. They're vampervs. Yeah, in in, in this in this set of movies, because it didn't seem to matter what was going on, but the only time you ever saw a male vampire feed was when the woman was topless. Yep. And later on in this movie, there's he feeds on the tit. <laughs> yeah. Not even biting the neck or whatever, just right on top of the nipple, which maybe there's maybe the, I don't know if there's good veins or not in there, but I'm not a, not a biologist, but yeah, they're, they're definitely, they, they got to see boobies apparently. Yeah. Which is, it's what, what you expect in horror movies are some boobs and they'll, they'll whip them out with any excuse. And, uh, Vamp pervs is is what they're looking for. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not complaining about that. That was just again, that was just one of those observations that were there. You know, like how she shot eleven times when they only had six silver bullets, and, right? You know, and all this other stuff. But that was just one of the things that I noticed. And yeah, it, it just goes to show that they all follow a certain formula. And I believe they brought it up in the Scream movies initially. But anyway, if you want to survive a horror movie, don't have sex and yep. don't don't get don't get naked and and this poor actress, kind of at least the one in the last movie, got to like sing a song. She, you know, she could tell her friends and family like, "Hey, I'm in Subspecies Three. I get to sing. Oh, and you see my boobs." The actress in this one, no, just boobs. I'm not even sure you get to see her face. <laughs> you see, you see her face, but. She has zero lines. She's just there to be topless. Yeah. And and even even the, the, the girl from the last one, you know, yeah, she was skipping down the street and singing a song, but they didn't feed off of her. They just kidnapped her. Yeah. <laughs> nowadays, the, nowadays, they'd be canceled. Like, vampires would just be, instead of being, like, this kind of cool monster figure, They'd, they'd really just be like a cult of like perverts and <laughs> and molesters, or or they just change it so they can walk around in the daylight and they just sparkle. Yes, that's a shot at Twilight. If you don't know what I'm talking about, oh, I know what you're talking. I know you do, but I was talking that that was to the audience. Okay. Anyway, where were we? Yeah, vampire feeding, basically feeding orgy. Not well, not quite. It's Ash and Serena, who are uh, two new vampires to the to the show they are feeding on a topless woman as radu rot walks in they're a little startled by his presence he's kind of like uh i don't know the head honcho vampire of the area he was, yeah and he, he was speaking to him and tell him that he's t- coming back to take over his spot but he was sounding pretty raspy you could tell that he wasn't full radu there too right yeah. he's sounding pretty weak and raspy and he's trying to work his way to find Michelle, but he needs to have a safe place to stay to where he can be close by to to look for her. Yeah, and they decide to let him stay, but they're not quite comfy with it. Um, what else? Oh, meanwhile, 
I think it's about this time, we find out that uh, Lieutenant Marin still alive. Yep, he's now a vampire. Yeah, he's a vampire, which I don't remember. He got Didn't he get stabbed in the neck, or did he get bit in the neck? He got bit in the neck. He also got stabbed. Okay. So, yeah, he's, he's back. He is now a vampire or undead, or maybe in, in the process of becoming a vampire. They have kind of weird rules. They don't become vampires instantly, apparently. Gets, yeah, he, he wakes up in the field outside the castle because, you know, you're not, he wouldn't have burned up during the daylight like Radu when he was out there sitting out there all day long and yeah. gets in his car and takes off driving with no lights in the, through the dark woods into the city. Gets, goes immediately to his office where I like, I always like this about Marin. He goes to his office, like reaches into like a filing cabinet, grabs a sandwich immediately. Yeah, yeah. He's, He's a, just always got some sort of sandwich laying around. I, I actually laughed at that part as well. Yeah, the man loves sandwiches. Like that's 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 some subtle, uh, I don't know, character development that I that I like to see bridge movie to movie. They kept that going. Unfortunately. Now that he's uh, becoming a vampire, he's disgusted by sandwiches. He goes and grabs like a bottle of, looks like 7-Up or something, tries to drink that. That's disgusting, too. Then he sees... Perrier. Looked like a a fancy bottle of Perrier on the desk. That's probably more accurate than 7-Up. Then he sees a rat, and he just like rips into it like Gollum did the fish in Lord of the Rings. Yep, just chows down on it. And then he's then he sees himself doing that, and he's disgusted by that as well. But more or less that he's doing that, not that the the sandwich and water seemed like he was almost repulsed physically by by doing that. Like he couldn't yes. eat the sandwich, he couldn't drink the water. The rat he could eat no problem, but it seemed like he had more of a mental issue with dealing with eating that rat versus. Any any other physical reaction to it? Yeah, he uh, he chowed into it. Was kind of kind of hesitant after that, but not as bad as Michelle. Like Michelle's been fighting this for four movies or so. <laughs> yeah, and then he goes and sees that it's getting to be daylight, so he runs off and hides in a closet. Yeah, just goes to sleep in the closet. And I think after that, we go to uh, the doc, back to Dr. Nick Nicolescu. Yeah. Uh, again, doing experiments uh, with Michelle, again, with the goal of helping her live kind of a normal life. Uh, first, though, he like he takes Anna to another room, slips something into her drink. <laughs> yes. Yes. Apparently, you find out that uh, at one point, Anna and Dr. Nicolescu we're lovers. Yeah, they had a thing, which is kind of yeah. odd in a, in a way when you see the appearance of Dr. Nicolescu and Anna. It, it's amazing that that they would find their way into each other's arms. Yeah, he uh, he outkicked his coverage there, or whatever you want to call it. He was. Oh yeah, he was definitely punching above his weight class. Yep, yep, and <laughs> this so, is one so, of the, this is one of the good guys now. This is one of the good guys. He slips drugs her, yeah. Slips some roofies in her in her wine. She takes some wine. He's like, "All right, this is gonna help you sleep." <laughs> she drinks it. 
encouragers her to drink it. I mean, like, if you want to talk Bill Cosby, we can talk Bill Cosby. But, yeah, he definitely, like, slipped something in there. And then he's like, hey, uh, make sure you drink this. So, oh, you don't drink drink more. And, yeah, she, she uh, eventually passes out. Yeah, her internal survival uh, mechanism needs to need some readjustment because she's just sitting there as he's like, yeah, drink more, drink more. It'll help you sleep. <laughs> and well, she's like, okay. She has no idea that, that anything is going on. This is a former lover. I mean, obviously he didn't hurt her before. He's not going to hurt her now. And it really didn't. You know, I mean, yeah, he stabbed her in the leg and made her bleed <laughs> a little bit. And, but... started to... and then you find out. That yeah that yeah you you see you see him grab this little like pendant thing that apparently has a sharp edge and he stabs her in the leg and she starts bleeding a little bit, and yeah you find out that uh, Doctor Nicolescu is apparently a vampire, but he he has refrained from biting Anna so that she does not turn into a vampire. So again he is trying to make it so that she doesn't feel the pain that he does. Again, part, <laughs> part of part of being a good guy is to to prevent others from feeling pain, according to what this movie is going for, apparently. And and drugging them to drink their blood is the, the lesser of two evils <laughs> for the doc. Like stabbing that, her in the leg to make her bleed a little bit to drink her blood is definitely better than biting her to make her become a vampire. According, well, according to according to Dr. Nicolescu. And at this point, you see the stuns start to come up and he starts kind of freaking out about that because he's got some sort of serum like Blade had that allows him to be out during the daylight. So you see him kind of open up the blind, you know, open up the shade, the shutter. And see that the sun is starting to come up. He kind of freaks out and hurries over to his desk to inject himself with his serum. And then it seems like he kind of goes to sleep on his desk for a few minutes as well after he injects himself. Yeah. After that, uh, I think it's back to Lieutenant Marin. Wakes yep, up yep. and no, his boss finds him in the closet. <laughs> yep. Yep. You find you find the yeah the boss man comes in and is. Running all over, looking for Marin, and finds him sleeping in the closet, and starts berating him for sleeping in the closet, and thinks accusing him of being an office drunk, and which is reasonable. We kind we saw, he was the same th- thing last uh, last movie. If if you if you saw the appearance uh, of of Lieutenant Marin, you would definitely agree. He definitely looks like a cross between like Inspector Clouseau and Adolf Hitler. Yes, he's he's sloppy even when he looks good. So it's it was a reasonable assumption when you find Lieutenant Marin in the closet. Do assume he's been drinking again. And, so yeah, and, he yeah. chews his ass out. And and yeah, Lieutenant Marin runs outside dealing with the pain of, of being in the sunlight because now he's half vampire and just drives off in his car and tries to find a place to hide, and he happens to come across an open grave. Like, an open... Not even a grave. Not even a grave. A tomb. Yeah, like a crypt or something. That just just has its doors open, so he goes down in there and gets locked in by the caretaker. (laughs) Right, yes. Just stumbles in. The old, old uh, graveyard caretaker lady's like, everyone's always leaving doors open, and she shuts it and locks him in. Yeah, not not on purpose. She didn't see him go in there. She just saw that the door was open, so she closed and locked him. 
Yeah. So we leave him there for a while. Cut back to uh, Nikulescu. I think, I hope I get that right. I don't know. The doctor, I'll call him. That that's how they were call that's what they were calling him in, in the in the movie is Dr. Nicolescu. Yeah. Which he is, you find out he's got another nickname coming up here very shortly too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And we he's again trying to do experiments on Michelle. They also make you wonder if he's got ulterior motives because uh he's kind of off to the side whispering to Anna frequently, you know, that uh, oh, you know, he finds out Michelle has drank from the bloodstone. So he thinks her blood might be a little more magical. He also is expecting Radu to attack any moment now. So like they arm themselves, they get some holy water, they get some uh, some spears, they get an axe. Yeah, they got they got a battle axe, they got a spear, they got four bottles of holy water that were bottled at this certain temple from the certain lake. Yep. He also made a very good cabernet. He was. Very, very <laughs> obviously pointed out that they make a very good Cabernet. Yeah. The holy water might have been what, uh, it looked like the same bottle Marin was drinking from, but probably wasn't. It probably would have killed him if he was drinking holy water. Expensive Perrier. Yeah. Yeah, because they, anyway, they, as a vampire, he, he definitely knows of Radu. He knows Radu wants Michelle. He knows all vampires are uh, apparently hornballs. So Rod is going to come as soon as he figures out where that Michelle is here. Rod is going to invade invade the place. So they're they're getting armed and ready. Yep, but they but they make sure that Radu cannot enter the say the the sacred grounds without being invited. Yes, because the hospital was a former monastery, so it counts. Still counts. Meanwhile, they're right. They're right to be worried about Radu. He is uh, still hanging with Ash and uh, Serena, who who have ulterior plans themselves. They want Radu dead. They want the bloodstone for themselves. Yep. They want Radu dead. They want the bloodstone for themselves. Everybody, uh, everybody wants the bloodstone. They don't want Radu living in their house. <laughs> but and their plan is to uh, get a mortal to kill Radu. Yes, because they Ash cannot attack Radu because Radu is his master. Correct. And Serena does not have the willpower to fight Radu on her own because Radu is like Radu's like the king vampire. He just is in charge of all of the vampires in this area. His his family were were like the original vampires, and he's the product. Of course, if you've watched any of the other movies of a sorceress and a vampire and he has killed everybody in his family now except he's still alive and he's yeah he's like he's like the, he's like the king shit nobody can nobody can fuck with radu right so there there are a lot of sides going on here there's uh, ash and serena Plotting to kill Radu. Want to gain power. Yep. Radu is back to his old things. He mostly just wants Michelle. Um, there's Michelle, I think, just wants to to live. And she, just wants to, she just wants to die. Or die. Be healed or die. And then there's like Nolescu and Anna. Who want to kill Radu. Who want to kill Radu. So there's a lot going on. Anna, Nicolescu wants to kill Radu. Anna has no idea of anything that's really going on. She yeah. just wants to see Michelle be healed because 
she's starting to believe in vampirism and does not really uh doesn't really understand what is fully going on no still so radu yeah radu goes out it's nighttime now he goes out to look for michelle uh, immediately hears Lieutenant Marin banging on the crypt that he got locked in. <laughs> yeah. Let's come, him out. Come to find out that Lieutenant Marin is in the exact same graveyard that Radu is is crashing in because apparently the, the Vladislav family has a crypt in this grave in this graveyard in Bucharest. Yeah, a lot of coincidences. A lot of people stumbling into each other. Radu, Radu stumbles into Lieutenant uh, Marine and questions him. Again, wants to know where Michelle is. Uh, gets some hints. Radu does his shadow trick and vanishes. Uh, shortly after that, Serena, who is kind of following Radu to find a good way to you know, arrange his death, stumbles on Marin, chomps right into his neck. Oh, we, we, actually, we actually missed a part, too. Oh, did we? We, we got to yeah, we got to rewind a little bit here, because before the boss man found Marine in the in in the office, passed out in the closet, he actually interviewed Anna and Doctor Nicolescu at the monastery, and that's how he found out that there was a witness. Then he started yelling at Lieutenant Marine about why he hadn't interviewed the witness about that. So then. Serena now finds out, or uh, Radu finds out from Lieutenant Marine when he confronts him at night in the graveyard that there was a witness to the accident to figure out where Michelle went. Yes, that yeah, that's how Radu figures out that he has to go to the monastery, which yes. which is what he does. He goes there, starts knocking on the front gate. Can't go in, of course, because it's Holy Land. Nicolescu uh, comes out. Radu demands Michelle, but Nicolescu refuses. He does say he'll tra- he'll trade three drops from the bloodstone for access if if Nicolescu lets him inside. And and amazingly, he does. He says, "Okay, I'll do it." Anna starts panicking, like, "No, you can't." Radu starts walking in, and uh, their trap is sprung. Suddenly, like a dozen, they look like waiters, honestly, with flashlights. Rent a cops. Yeah, they all, you know, they all have a black pants, white collared shirts and flashlights. They surround Radu as Nicolescu starts dumping holy water on Radu and then stabs him in the heart. Stabs him in the chest with the spear so that he supposedly that's going to paralyze him so he can't move. Yeah, and their then, plan is to keep him there until daylight. They say, yeah, they, they said that there are two options. They can cut off his head. Or leave him there until sunlight and torture him and watch him burn, which cutting off his head would be too nice of an outcome for Radu. So they're going to leave him there to burn, which at that point, Michelle wakes up, does her little shadow trick and appears outside to where Radu is pinned to the ground with the spear. Michelle decides that she's going to uh, forget about Dr. Nicolescu and Anna's plot to help her and save Radu because she feels compelled to because Radu is her master. So she removes the spear. She freaks out. 
does her little shadow disappear trick, appears somewhere else in the city. Radu does his little shadow trick and disappears and goes back to what appears to be the his new lair. And you see this old gypsy woman chasing Anna, or not Anna, chasing Michelle through the city, claiming she's a demon, she's a vampire, she wants yeah. garlic to throw in her Give eyes. Give me garlic to throw at her. <laughs> yes, and uh, uh, Serena, who again has been kind of following Radu in the shadows, you know, also gets to the monastery where uh, she talks to Anna and kind of is setting Anna up to, to help try to kill, kill Radu, yep, but to kill also Radu. kill Anna. Yep, gives it gives Anna the the key to Radu's crypt, tells her where to find it, just says, "Hey, you know, go there, kill him in the daytime." That's really their whole plan. Yep, but then you find then you go back. Of course, again, Radu comes back to his lair, and Ash and Serena are there again, feeding on a topless woman. <laughs> Is that where he's biting that right on the tit? I believe so, yes. Yeah, I think so. And Radu goes back to his lair, which is apparently the seventh level of this crypt. Now that's that's all that, that 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 they really tell you. They don't tell you how many levels there are, but Radu's on the seventh level. Ash, when he was first there, offered Radu better quarters on the seventh level, but Ash or uh, Radu says, This is good enough for me. I prefer to be far enough away from you guys and your pervertedness because you're feeding on topless women when you don't need to be. And he's this is about when he tells them he's going to evict them too, right? Yes. Like yes, he, he tells before them. he was their guest. Now he's just like, all right, you guys gotta get out. <laughs> yep. I'm your master. Get out. I'm telling you to leave now. Yeah, so they gotta I mean they already planned to kill him, but they got to make it happen quickly. So, yeah, Serena's plan is for Anna to kill Radu, but the 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 key only works from the outside of the the crypt doors, not the inside. So she'll, you know, unlock it, go in, kill Radu, then try to get out. Won't be able to get out, and then, and then uh, Ash and Serena plan on. Uh, I think they said ravage her. Yeah, when they when they wake up that night, they will be she will be there just waiting to be ravaged by them. Topless. Most likely topless. Most likely. Um yeah. I mean that that seems that seems to be Ash's thing and Radu's thing. And I think the only one that didn't do anything like that was Stefan and he only fed on one person that you ever saw. Oh, look what it got him. Dead. And so then, yes, then you go back to the monastery and you see Dr. Nicolescu and Anna again sitting down to have a drink. And this time Anna realizes after she's drank, after she's drank her whole drink, that it has been drugged. And she kind of throws a fit about that and uh, passes out on the floor. Then wakes up shortly after that, stumbles through the monastery where she finds Dr. Nicholas feasting on another topless woman. Yep. <laughs> of course, and, she Anna freaks out. <laughs> yep, she's just found out that her mentor is a vampire. And that's where you find out he has the nickname of Dr. Blood. Dr. Blood. Anna freaks out, you know, tries to escape. Uh, Dr. Blood starts chasing her. Which Dr. This, this, Dr. Lupu. 
this is the part I think is kind of funny. So it's chasing her saying, no, she's a willing partner. <laughs> Which is funny because you drugged Anna to drink her blood when you apparently have willing partners. Yes. But whatever. They were just just as conveniently located as Anna was at that time. Yeah. Yep. And the the doc is another assistant, too, who apparently is in on all this because he's not not shocked at all that uh, Dr. Blood is actually a vampire, too. He's been he's been present in some of the other scenes, but hasn't really been mentioned at all. But yes, she really she calls they believe his name is Doctor Lupu. Yes, Lupu, and that's the first time you really hear him speak at all. But yes, he admits that he knows that Doctor Blood is Doctor Blood and is a vampire, and that he's that he knows what's going on, and he's been helping him because he's not like the other vampires. He's trying to. Learn how to not be aggressive towards other humans as as the vampires typically are. And that, yeah, now he's he's in on all the plans to uh, to kill Radu, which is funny because you know Anna. I forget how it comes up, but somehow they ask him if you know if he wants to go kill Radu, and he says, "I'm a doctor, not a vampire hunter," which is hilarious because. Anna's a doctor, <laughs> not and, a vampire hunter. And and what are, and what are they doing when they're looking for Radu? Hunting, hunting vampires. Hunting vampires. Oh right, well, we forget somehow Michelle ends up back at the uh, at the tomb with Radu as well because they are sleeping they're in their in their sleep oh, yeah. cycle in on the seventh level in Radu's lair. Yeah, there's there's a scene, you're right. There's a scene Michelle is kind of again, this is this is just her thing. This is her signature move, but she's running through the streets, kind of distraught about uh, life as a vampire. Uh comes across a couple of looks like teens who are out on a date. Can't can't resist that. Oh, there's an old lady too. <laughs> the old, an old yeah, lady the old- the old lady that runs after her calls her a demon and throwing the garlic in her eyes. That's right. Then she comes across the people on the date, and she takes the guy, and Radu takes the girl. Yep. Radu takes the girl. Again, she's Michelle, always on the border of maybe accepting vampirism. They, they Radu and Michelle kill the couple, young couple on a date, and then she's just like, okay, I'll, uh, I'll go back to the tomb with you, Radu. She can't resist those fingers of Radu's. I mean, that's right. gotta be it. He's he's gotta have magic fingers. I mean, they're like, he, they're like a foot long. He can reach places most other men can't with his twelve-inch fingers. <laughs> Which four four-inch fingernails too? At this point, like, like I'm getting really annoyed with Michelle. She's been. This has been her M.O. for every movie, is just run blindly through the streets as Radu chases her. And she's getting to be, like, whiny and crying all the time. Radu needs to be careful for, like, what he's, what he's wishing for here. Because he, he could be stuck with her for eternity. I mean, it, it is basically the Paradise by the Dashboard Lights song by Meatloaf, you know? I mean, yes. At the beginning, he can't wait to get with her. He's just super excited. He's, you know, and then turns out she's a gigantic fucking pain in the ass. Yes. And, and can't wait for her to be, can't wait for time to end because if he had to spend another minute with her, he didn't think that he'd really survive. So, right. yeah, that, that is that is true. But you also have to understand, too, that Radu has already died three times. <laughs> 
Sure. So I mean, like, like he, I mean, he's already playing with house money with this anyway. But again, yes, she has become the whiniest fucking bitch out there. Yes, and and just needs to understand that if she wants to die, I mean, there's Doctor Blooded bottles of freaking holy water. Chug one of those. Right. It's not that hard. And she. <laughs> Radu, you need to find someone who's going to love you for you, man. Just move on. You're worth it, buddy. <laughs> You're worth it. Anyway, but, yeah, they they, they go down to the crypt, and we uh, that leads us, again, to the, uh, the traditional subspecies uh, climax scene where the good guys go to invade the lair. So it's Anna, it's Doc Blood. Uh, what's the assistant guy's name? I always forget his name. Lupu. Lupu, they go to the crypt. Lupu stays outside. They they get to the graveyard. Okay, this this is what I don't understand, right? So they know that the, the, this is they're hunting vampires. They know all this stuff, but they get to this cemetery with an hour of sunlight left. <laughs> they say that like we got an hour and twenty minutes. We better hurry. It's like, like plan better. <laughs> how how fucking stupid is that? Oh, we're gonna go kill vampires. So let's leave. Let's give ourselves no time before they actually wake up and are able to fight back. You know, what I mean, like go at ten o'clock in the morning. Right. What kind so, of what kind of idiots are these people? I mean, they they deserve to die. Yeah. Plan better. Set your alarm. Uh, wait till the next morning. Like you live in a monastery, so you're you're essentially invincible. You can wait one more night. And, and you know, I mean. I know that they got caught in a funeral procession, but it wasn't that long. (laughs) They showed the whole thing on the film, so it couldn't have been that long. I'm with you. And so, yes, they show up, they pull into the the graveyard, they're talking about how they have an hour and 20 minutes of sunlight left, and go three different directions to try and find a tomb that says Vladislas on it, so that way they know which tomb they're looking for, which, of course, Anna finds... And calls everybody else over, and yes, yeah, she pu- she produces the key to which they go in. They unlock the door, and her and Doctor Blood are gonna go in, and she leaves the key with Lupu. Somehow, seemingly noticing that that this would not, oh, you know, that that's the only way that she's gonna get out of it. Right. Completely so, thwarting Serena's plan. <laughs> Yes, and that, and that's where she asks if Dr. Lupu wants to go down and kill him, and he says he's not a vampire hunter, he's a doctor. Yes, right, right. And so, of course, they go down, and they don't show them exploring anything other than the... They just immediately go down to the to the same level that Radu is on. Yeah, they stumble on uh, Radu and Michelle asleep, which eleventh uh, apparently is on the seventh level. Just walk right in there. About yeah. to deliver the death blow. Yeah, and then, no, no, look, no exploring the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, or sixth levels. They just go right to the seventh right level. In. Happen, happenstance that they just walk right into the room where Radu is is in his resting place. And yes, of course, immediately as soon as they start to try to perform the 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 necessary actions. The overly Radu. exaggerated death blow that they do in every every one of these movies, where they hold the spear up above their head for like five seconds, 
And then Radu, of course, wakes up, fights back, you know, yes. throws them off of them. Eventually, well, and yes, because Anna has to kill Radu because she's she's the only one that can because Radu can only be killed by a mortal. A vampire does not have the willpower to fight against Radu to kill him. So Anna has to be the one to stick the spear in his head and chop his head off. Yep. And then at this point, uh, Dr. Blood, a.k.a. Dr. Nicolescu, uh, makes it makes an offer to give Anna to Radu as like a present in exchange yes. for a taste of the bloodstone. After, after he was caught, after they were caught apparently trying to kill Radu, he decides to, to betray Anna and offer her as tribute to Radu for them impeding on his lair. And he doesn't buy it. He, well, Radu buys it, but he kind of, he's got, he's got his own trick up his sleeve. So he says, yeah, he will accept it. He'll accept the offer. So he shows, uh, he shows Dr. Nicolescu the bloodstone on the opposite <laughs> side. It's of, just over there on a pedestal. Of the, yeah, it, it's it's o- it's over at the head of the bed when we're standing at the foot of the bed. So as as Doctor Blood decides that he's going to go grab the the bloodstone to drink out of, Radu grabs the sword that is known as the Vampire Slayer sword and chops his head off, <laughs> which is great. Like, like again, one of my pet peeves from all the other shows. I like some like cool gory deaths in these things. And there, there had been a couple of deaths, like just from vampires, you know, killing the teenage couple and stuff. But finally, we get one cool, gory death in uh, subspecies four because they they show that they show his decapitated neck with like blood sp- squirting out. Yeah, yeah, they definitely need. They definitely had some. I mean, it it was definitely cheesy special effects there. Definitely cheesy practical effects, not even really special effects, yep. but. It was it was at least interesting. It was probably the most interesting part of this movie. Yes. Yes, I, it was. This wasn't a well, whatever. We're almost to the end. Let's let's finish this one off. Yeah, we could we can definitely polish this turd real quick here. Yeah, that Dr. It, Blood getting decapitated causes Anna to uh, take off running, screaming. She uh you know, she's trying to find her way out. Then uh assistant oh. guy we for, we forgot we forgot Serena killing Doctor Lupu outside too. Yeah, well, I think this is when it happens, right? Uh, Lupu it, hears the screams and unlocks the door. It it is it is trying to um, no no Lupu was killed before that. Okay, because uh, Anna is running up the stairs. She gets to the top of the stairs and is trying to get Lupu to open the doors, not knowing that he's dead. I think he was. I think he was killed. I think he got killed before Doctor Blood did, but not much. And Ash and Serena then grab Anna, and they're wrestling with her. And oh no, because that's right. Because uh, Michelle, then Michelle and Anna kill Radu. And yeah, R- Radu. Get... Radu wants Michelle to to like kill Anna I, again I, they, they're not super clear on the rules Michelle is apparently still not 100% Radu's servant Radu needs her to kill Anna Michelle's uh, kind of thinking about it for a second 
Instead, grabs an axe, just chops Radu in the neck. <laughs> yes, but she doesn't have the willpower to finish it off. So Anna has to grab the axe and, and take another swing at it. Chops off Radu's head. Grabs Michelle in one arm, Radu's head in the other. They're running up the stairs, trying to get out of there. But the sun's coming up, so Aunt, so Michelle is struggling to make it up the stairs. It's still dark in there, but they can tell that it's morning time. So they're trying to get up the stairs and get get Anna. Anna's trying to get Michelle back into the body bag so that she can be transported somewhere else away from there. And they get to the top of the stairs. They're trying to get... Lupu to open the door and Ash and Serena grab grab Anna and that's where the old lady hears the screams of Anna and unlocks the door and opens the door and the sunlight hits Ash and Serena so they run farther down into the crypt and then uh, Michelle is still inside the crypt, but she is definitely she's definitely in pain because of the sunlight. And Anna and the old lady go find this random guy who's in the street. You saw him during the funeral procession as well. But there's a guy just randomly making caskets in the street. <laughs> yeah. So they go to that guy and tell him that they need his help, which he looks super confused. After like the third or fourth time that they say that they need his help, they decide they get his cart and bring one of the caskets in and load Michelle into one of the caskets. And at that point, it kind of goes into a, a full recap of, of what has happened. Michelle is in the in the casket. She is resting. Radu's head is on a pike outside of the uh, outside of the tomb that they were in. And you see it burned to a crisp, and that is it. Roll credits. Whew. What a journey. It, it, it <laughs> that was, was a slog. A, it, it was quite a journey. Um, yes. <clears throat> uh, episodes one and three were pretty good. Two and four, not so good. Yeah, I'll agree with you. It was uh, it was a tough way to finish this one. You know, we we've talked about like favorite scenes and stuff. I would, there were only two that I even smiled at, and it was probably like uh, Lieutenant Marine eating the rat, and when Dr. Blood got decapitated. <laughs> yes, I would definitely agree with that. Um, again, I was not expecting to see Lieutenant Marine in, in this film again. Uh, it definitely was kind of a, a joy to see that little Hitler lookalike guy running around the police station, grabbing a sandwich, you know, and I did, I did actually laugh when he opened up the file cabinet and grabbed a sandwich out yeah, of there. That was his first thought. <laughs> and, and, you know, but I mean, again, I'm also looking at the points where it almost seemed like they were filming this during the day and just adding the darkened effects of trying to make it look to be at night yep. because nobody ever drove with any headlights on. Um, I, I guess I guess the the one scene in in episode three, uh, where they where Radu kidnapped the lady from the car, she had her headlights on, but like when Mel took off out of the woods and backed into the tree, I mean, I would almost bet that that was not intentional. If they right. were filming in the dark, he probably didn't 
even know that the tree was back there when they backed into it, but they just kept going with it. Uh, But nobody ever drove with any headlights on. There was just so many, there's just so many little mistakes on things like that. And yeah, this was definitely a slog through episode four. Um, Did you like any, any of the new people? I guess the the one guy I kind of liked honestly was was Ash, and he didn't get a ton of screen time. I, he just seemed to be a a good guy at playing a vampire. He, he probably really was a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> I just liked his style, man. Like I thought he would have been. I don't know. He would. He would actually. He was actually a cool vampire character, in my opinion. Where the rest weren't weren't very cool. And just the sarcasm of Lupu as well like i'm not going to kill him what do we look like a vampire hunter yeah i'm a doctor you know it's like okay but so is everybody else that's here nobody is really vampire hunters you know i mean you you're gonna you're gonna send down anna to try and kill radu by saying that she's more of a vampire hunter than you are right Throw a sack, dude. Right. And she's like, apparently your friend and co-worker. And you're just like, yeah, you go. <laughs> I'm good. Go. I'm good. I'll, I'll stay out here. I'll stand out here where it's safe. I'm just a doctor. Um, let's see. IMDB I mean, gave this one a 5.2, which certainly seems high. Uh I, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 37%. Even that seems kind of high. <laughs> I, I would I would definitely agree with both of those sentiments. Uh those those definitely seemed like they were a little bit uh a little bit higher than they should have been. Yeah, how'd you give it about a two? This yeah. Harsh. Yeah, I mean, it's... Again, when we say we're, you know, we're watching bad movies, so you don't have to... I mean, we understand that people are putting work into these, and it is their job, it is their career. We aren't saying that just because they're bad movies that they're not enjoyable to watch and that people shouldn't watch them it's more just they're not a-list movies they don't have top budgets on it i mean you look at the stuff that charles band has done yeah and he's had a hell of a career he's made way more movies than most people would ever even dream of but yeah they're not they're not high budget movies but if people didn't enjoy them he wouldn't still be doing it right well, yeah, and if and he these, didn't enjoy it, they wouldn't still be doing it. The this these were just too much of the same thing. Every every movie was almost the same movie. You know, it'd be like if Iron Man one through four, he just fought Iron Monger over and over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Iron Monger's back, and he built a suit again, and he's gonna fight Iron Man. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I definitely agree with that. I mean, it would almost be, yeah, it would be like Batman doing nothing but fighting the Penguin all the time. Yeah, and like we said, it, it almost would have been better as a as a TV series because that's kind of what they do. You know, they that they have a recurring villain that's kind of the the you know the thorn in their side for at least an entire season, and that's almost what this felt like. And they you know they get them at the end. It almost I wonder if they could release this as like eight 45 minute episodes and still have it and just call it a mini series. Oh, <laughs> uh, 
I I think that would be tough to do. Just just because you have, I mean, every other episode, Radu would die. So you think? Yeah. I mean, if if they would cut out the the actual like death scenes of of Radu, they probably could do that. But then it would almost be like it would definitely be shorter than the Lord of the Rings trilogy, but it would be just nothing but people being chased. <laughs> oh, that's depressing. Like what how much time did we sink into that last one? A 90 minutes? Three three hours for the bad ones and three hours for the good ones. Ugh. Yeah. So you came up with the movie for the for next week. And it, uh, reading the description, I think this is going to be a hell of a movie. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. I'll, I, let, you, I'll I, let you introduce it. Well, having said that uh, subspecies was too much of the same, it, it, it was kind of just too serious for four, four movies in a row. So I wanted to kind of flip that script. So I just I happened to notice a movie called Raw Force. From 1981, I think. Yeah. Based, was... Uh, it was just the box art caught my attention because it looked like an old NES game, like the cover of uh, Double Dragon or something. And this is this is the description from IMDb, which is the the best one I found. A group of martial arts students are en route to an island that supposedly is home of the ghosts of martial artists who have lost their honor. A Hitler lookalike and his gang are running a female slavery operation on the island as well. Soon the two groups meet and all sorts of crazy things happen, which include cannibal monks, piranhas, zombies, and more. That that's that's definitely a better description than Rotten Tomatoes gave it. Which <laughs> which the Rotten Tomatoes description got me into it anyway. Um, which I've got it here because uh, the Rotten Tomatoes description says account an accountant and it gives the, the guy's name which is somebody I've never heard of Jeffrey Binney and his karate club fight cannibal monks zombies on an island <laughs> that's all it says and and the genre it listed as is sports and fitness comma action <laughs> sports and fitness comma action i can see the sports and fitness because i watched i did watch the trailer a lot of these we do go into blind but i watched the trailer and uh there's a lot of like fake martial arts so i think they kind of set this up almost as like a i don't know almost like a mortal combat kind of deal where it's like two like teams of martial artists like battling on this forbidden island and like some of them are are zombies or like the yeah the undead uh martial art masters from the past and the good guys are like is one's like a the top stunt man in Hollywood one's like a bodyguard and one is like a model or something there's a, there's an accountant in there oh yeah and, and an accountant so knowing nothing beyond that i'm really excited for this one uh, that that honestly that that sounds absolutely fantastic. I am looking forward to watching this. I did not see anybody. There were no names that I recognized at all. But again, 1981. I wouldn't expect there to be a ton of names that are recognized, um, just because of 
how old we would have been at the time that it showed that that movie was released. Right. And it, it looks like a big cast, but same here. I didn't recognize anybody. Um, directed by Edward D. Murphy, who uh, <laughs> you, we we probably agree is probably not Eddie Murphy. But who I, knows? I'm, I'm assuming that it that it is not the Eddie Murphy known from uh, Saturday Night Live and and his comedy specials and Beverly Hills Cop. I I, I would definitely assume that 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 is not the same person. <sighs> and I feel that that's a pretty safe assumption. Yeah. I'll go with it. Clicking on, I clicked on him real quick. It, I would be willing to bet it's not him. Looks like he is a, uh, extra in a few movies and directed a few bad movies. And that's about the end of his IMDB credits. But anyway, this it looks like a fun one. So I'm excited. Uh, Raw Force, should... Heated Vengeance, and <laughs> Doppelganger. Let's check that description for Heated Vengeance Because that is 1985 So that's like peak action star A veteran Richard Hatch Returns to Laos for his girlfriend And finds jungle drug Finds a jungle drug dealer He court-martialed Okay That's at least starring Richard Hatch Which is somebody I believe That I've heard of before Has probably seen something that he's been in Ah yes, Battlestar Galactica. That's where he's. That's where I know him from. The uh, the Sci-Fi Channel TV series. No, the original one. Okay. Before that, he was Captain Apollo in the nineteen seventy nine uh, Battlestar Galactica oh, yeah. series. I recognize his face. Looking yeah. at him. Oh, he was also in the Hatfields and McCo- and the McCoys. Ooh. I so. did, he, he had a guest star. Uh, he did some guest starring roles in Becker and Baywatch and Jake and the Fat Man, MacGyver, Murder, She Wrote, huh? Fantasy Island, The Waltons, Kung Fu. I mean, he was definitely in stuff that uh, you would have seen on TV. Well, if uh, Raw Force is a winner, maybe we could move to that one. Not not too much not too much for movies. Yeah, if we can if we can find if we can find uh, the next one, definitely we'll check out what Edward D. Murphy has also done. Sure. <laughs> All right. So outside of that, uh, what do you have going on in life? Uh, I am getting ready for my trip to Adepticon. I have uh, I leave two weeks from Thursday. I have, uh, think I've got about 15 models left to paint for my trip, so that's going to be kind of a challenge. Um, I also did purchase a new PC for, uh, nice. for the video editing that we talked about last week after we recorded the podcast. But Sweet. also, eventually, I'm hoping that we get this set up that we will be able to put the video up so then we can have our ugly mugs be on on YouTube. We'll start our own YouTube channel and maybe do some other stuff outside of just doing the podcast completely. But uh, definitely stuff for content for for that because I figure if I'm never going to leave the house, which I very rarely do these days, I might as well um, 
figured out how to take advantage of my time at home so I'm not bored. <laughs> yes. It's a good move. And I figure that learning audio editing and starting this podcast and video editing um, will is definitely something that will help out with that as far as, uh, again, like I said, I leave the house like two days a week these days since I work from home permanently now. So it's just a lot easier and uh, most of the stuff I can do at home by myself. <laughs> yeah. And it's uh, it's better than like entering the metaverse or something crazy like that. I mean, I could sit in, yeah, I, I could sit on Facebook all night and learn to, you know, become a Facebook troll or anything like that. But I don't want to do that shit. Yeah, this is a more productive hobby. Agreed. How about you? Know. How, how's comedy been? Uh, th Thursday night I hosted and we had host is essentially like the MC and we had 15 comedians that night, which is, man, that's overwhelming because you got to try to, you got to go up and introduce every comedian before they go up. And if you're good and quick, you can you say gotta, something funny, you know, you got a joke or two. Yeah. Yep. Playing off of the, what, you know, what the last person set, said and their set. And so to have 15, which is the most we've ever had at this venue, at least, that was a challenge. I was running all over the place, man, like a chicken with my head cut off. But uh, it, it mostly went pretty well. Got a lot of laughs. It was only, I think, my third time hosting. So uh, I would say it was uh, mostly successful. That's good. And did you go to the professional show on Saturday or did you just call I it did. a night? Yep. That was good, too. What was the guy's name? Man. Kevin, I always want to say, uh, it was like Kevin, it's not Kevin McCaffrey, it's not Kevin McAllister, <laughs> but it's like, it's Kevin McSomething, and he was good. <laughs> Kevin McDougal? I have no idea, but it's good that, that you know, you're seeing some shows and learning, you know, even if you're learning some stuff, learning new skills of hosting hosting yeah. comedy night and 15 people is a lot of people to have for an open mic night right right oh it was kevin mccaffrey okay yeah if well, people want check out kevin mccaffrey he's got some good clips on youtube he's got some uh he was a funny guy he had good good material all right i did see you post to something about some was this like some rodeo comedy show or something like that coming up oh yeah <laughs> so that was uh, one of the other uh, open micers just had the idea of having a uh, one-liner tournament. Okay. One-liner tournament where people get eliminated. So basically what happens is all the comedians go up, one after the other, say a one-liner. If at any point your one-liner doesn't get a laugh, you are eliminated. So it's kind of a uh, endurance competition for one-liner comedy. Last person standing wins $100, I think, and it's a two-day event. All right, that that seems actually really interesting. It does. I, like I'm sure it's a lot of quick laughs. I uh, I don't know how well I'll do because I one liners aren't my style, but it's gonna at least encourage me to write some, and we'll see how far they get me. All right. Well, you, I'll, I'll, I give you permission to use this. You, you can use this one, right? Let's hear it. Just tell just tell everybody I like my women like I like my Oreos, round, brown, and double stuffed.
All right, I'll write it down. <laughs> Wait, where to come from? Is that your material? <laughs> I have no idea. I, I don't know if I've ever heard that from anybody else. Okay. I believe that I did. Uh, I, I, I don't believe I've ever heard that from anybody else. But again, I, I, I don't. I, I couldn't tell you that nobody else has hmm. never said that. Parallel in, thought. In, yeah. <laughs> I'll I've double never, check. But. I've never heard a professional comedian say anything like that, but I there also have not paid much attention to that. That's one of the challenges, man. And I think that's half the reason I don't do one-liners is because I feel like someone probably thought of that one before. Whereas you have like some long, intricate story, if you feel safer that that's completely original. Yeah. Or, if, yeah, you have something that's completely related to you that you experienced. Or that, yeah. You're joking that, about your life. Yeah. Which is probably, I mean, that's what a lot of comedians end up doing. Like Mitch Hedberg is one of the few that did not really talk much about his life. You know, I mean, like you look at most of the ones out there, you know, Anthony Jeselnik, Patton Oswalt, Doug Stanhope, you know, everything that they talk about is pretty much related to their experiences. Yeah, that's what most of the comics do here at uh, the open mics I go to. Other than that, though, I don't, uh, I don't know. I haven't done much since last week. Yeah, I mean, it's it's that time of year. I mean, was it Friday night? We had thunderstorms down here. Saturday, we had thunderstorms down here. Uh Everything turned from rain on Friday and Saturday to snow on Sunday and overnight. So, but it was only like an inch of snow. But everything was just ice everywhere, and I've been doing yeah, well. nothing but work <laughs> and <laughs> spending money that I shouldn't have. Well, why work so hard if you can't buy yourself nice things? Well, I know, but there's other nice things that I should have bought before I bought a new PC, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I've been tempted to get myself a new one, but I keep holding off. Like like I told my mom, though, too, between the project that I want to work on and this podcast, I'm hoping, I'm holding out hope that by the end of the year, this you know, these two projects will have paid off enough to to actually pay for the PC. So if that works, then that then that that will be perfectly fine. If not, well, I guess I'll just have to keep working to pay for it. <laughs> and if we ever get hideous two written, then that might pay it off too. <laughs> yeah. Could be a gold mine there. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Get some of that full moon features money, or just yeah, just a a goobers movie with the goobers from subspecies that just never got <laughs> never got enough screen time, man. Hey, we could we we could do both. There's nothing stopping us from doing both. Right. I want a whole movie of claymation goobers. <laughs> you know anybody that does claymation? Because I no. don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah, I mean, with enough bad 3D editing software and bad 3D animation, I mean, we could easily make a Goobers movie and 
I mean, that that would be the nice part, though, too, is like we could actually make a a bad horror movie that would be more to our style where we could have goobers and people dying and nudity and all that fun stuff. We could put them all into one movie. I think we should. I think that'd be fun. That should be a uh, uh, perhaps ultimate long-term goal of our work here is to create something of our own. We can get some masks from uh, Brian or uh, <laughs> <laughs> on Brian. Yeah. Re- I mean, re- write any, up a script. Any Anybody that has half a brain can figure out that nickname. And we just uh, like really watching these things. We just need a, 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 a somebody who has a, a barn or something or an old, old house and you just shoot the entire movie there. Rent an apartment building for the week. <laughs> yes. Doesn't seem that hard. As as we saw with the giant perverted eye. It's probably harder than I thought. Actually, I'm sure it is. Did I tell you this one? My girlfriend and I were in a... Uh, we were in a commercial as extras. And it's going to be for uh, Minnesota tourism. And our scene was approximately six seconds long. And it took about... Uh, Two hours just for the crew to set up and maybe another two hours of just us walking over and over down the sidewalk to get a six second scene. <laughs> well, it it could have been much worse because you could have had to look at the camera and go, diarrhea. <laughs> I could have been one of those. Oh, my hemorrhoids is flaring up again. <laughs> Hey, honey, your herpes outbreak, come on, get this month. Yeah. <laughs> get some Valtrex. Yeah. The inspirational ones, and then they, like, go kayaking or something, and they look at each other like they're going to screw that night. <laughs> Just creepy old dude. Don't that give your partner herpes. Take Valtrex. Yep. <laughs> no. It can be us. We'll do that. We'll make some commercials for our movie. Well. <laughs> We can we can make some we can make some trailers for our for our podcast to do some audio trailers and I, I mean I kind of want to do that anyway so because yeah. then if if we can come up with our own theme song and and everything like I mean and not even it doesn't even need to be anything like super ridiculous for a theme song just some sort of weird instrumental intro that we can throw some samples over or something like that right that you know that then we can load that in at the front of the, every podcast and then we don't even have to worry about using music from Spotify or anything like that and we can get our get our sets get our get our get our episodes everywhere and maybe actually get some ad revenue or something yeah get that get that me undies money right or we could crowdfund it like we could crowdfund our movie or whatever like uh I think it was Kung Fury did you ever watch Kung Fury yeah, yeah. Yeah, like they, I think they just made like a trailer and then it put it on Kickstarter, end up getting like millions of dollars to actually make a 30-minute kick-ass like 80s, mock 80s action film. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I, I would I would much prefer that we just, I mean, with the way everything shoots these days, I mean, you could almost shoot stuff, I mean, on, on a, on a camera you buy at Best Buy, I mean, you can almost shoot everything on your right on your iPhone. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. iPhones get pretty good. We could probably do it that way. 
I mean, if if you've seen Lamageddon or there's another one that's out called Pathogen, they were 100% shot on like a handy cam or something like that. Well, and we just need a script. Yep, that's the that's the biggest thing is actually writing a compelling script because if we can write a compelling script, there's no way that we couldn't not, you know, that that you couldn't sell this to somebody. Yeah. And and as long as it's somewhat of an original idea i mean as you saw the sharkula trailer that i sent you (laughs) yes it's definitely an original idea even though we've seen sharks do just about everything i mean i've watched (laughs) i i have not watched avalanche sharks yet but i did watch sand sharks and we've seen three-headed shark attack four-headed shark attack five-headed shark attack the meg Zombie sharks, yeah. shark octopus, you know, sand. There's sharks. no end. There is there is no end. I mean, sharknado. Yeah, I mean, we've seen sharks do pretty much everything, and nobody's gonna ever beat the actual Jaws movie as far as anything goes. So as long as you have a, a compelling idea as far as what you can actually accomplish. And I think Goober's killing naked people is super fun. I mean, we can have like Goober's raid a nudist colony or something like that and and just start killing people. And that would be actually like super, super fun. I'm all about more Goobers. Just an army of Goobers. (laughs) Well, on that note. This is the end of the podcast. We've actually been talking for about an hour and 15 minutes here. Sure. And we are going to catch up next week to watch Raw Force. This is the end of episode 10. 10 now, which will actually be episode 9 on your computer screen. But episode 10 of Beauty and the Geast, where we watch bad movies so you don't have to. This is Scott signing off. And Patrick signing off. See you next week. Bye, folks.